Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by Susan Lambert. As you know, I love getting athletes on here to share their stories, and that is why I got Susan on today. She has definitely been through the injury process through her running career and has a great just story and mindset around it, which I thought would be very beneficial for all of you to hear. So whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Susan, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you for having me. You are quite welcome. I'm excited to talk to you. I heard you on someone else's podcast, Mutual Friend, and it wasn't what the podcast was about, but you started talking about your running and injuries and story. And I was like, I got to get this lady on because she's awesome. So here we are. <laughs> and just for starters, I want you like, just introduce yourself. Who are you? I know you don't claim to be a runner, but you are a runner and <laughs> we'll start with that. <laughs> Well, thank you for asking me to be on your podcast. I'm I'm honored, and yes, it's a it's a bit of a deviation from from my typical interviews to talk about my my athletic journey, but uh, certainly it's one that has fueled um, no pun intended, but really fueled my life. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I suppose, would you like to hear my story of running, or a story of life, or combination? Tell me where to go. <laughs> let's start. Let's go life first, because why not? <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, um, I I grew up in Vermont and spent the first 17 years of my life there. I was an athlete and I had two big brothers who were also athletes and our, our sport was basketball. So so played basketball my entire life, um, and, and I am kind of blending in a bit of the, the, the journey into running here, but that was, that was our life. So, you know, it was practice in the afternoons after school, <clears throat> it was summer ball in the summer, and then, then I played soccer too, but um, much, much of my, my life growing up was around sports and was around being an athlete. And, and then a lot of other things that, that led me along the path of, of learning Spanish and becoming eventually a Spanish teacher and traveling the world and bringing students around the world. And running uh, was never something that I enjoyed, actually, until, until uh, probably sometime in my mid-20s. I remember I went for a seven-mile run, which was way more than I had been running at the time. I, I, would, I would force myself to run two or three miles and I remember loving it. And running then became something that I could do and that I could rely on no matter what I was doing in my life. So, so running and working out. Um, so when I was traveling to different countries and hope to do it again now that we can, running is something that I did every, every morning. So I would be guiding these trips with students, with, with educators, and we had days full of, of adventure and interaction. And I got to use my own two feet to get my own perspective of different parts of the world. So that's really been one of the most beautiful parts about, about my running experience to date. That's awesome. And that's, I think it's such a great, I mean, as long as you're in a area that's safe to go out on your own, like it is such a great way just to explore cities or the places you're at is just going out mm -hmm. and running and, or even if it comes a run walk because you want to stop and look at stuff like it's just a great way to just discover places 
Yeah, it really is. And to have a little, especially when your days are full with so many other things, I, I love to run in the morning. And so to have a little bit of solace and and quiet and and movement in the beginning of the day really allows, I think, for more presence later on in the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's dive then into, so you started running or at least got into running um, during that time. Eventually you transitioned, or I should say progressed, not transitioned to longer distances. Like why, what was your motivation to like go further and go harder? Mm. I'm always, I'm a very curious person in general, but I'm always really curious to discover what our bodies can do. And I'm motivated by curiosity. I'm motivated by friends who might be doing similar things. So I ran a marathon with a friend of mine, my first marathon, um, gosh, probably about eight years ago now. And he was training for it. And, and I thought, well, why not? I'll try it. Let me, let me see if my body can do this. And, and it did. And I, and I, I BQ'd, I qualified for Boston in my first marathon and, um, and I had a blast. I had the time of my life and people kept saying, so are you hooked now? Are you going to do it all the time now? Or are you done? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see, you know, we'll just see what, what life brings. So I had run up until that point, I had run a few halves and, um, again, running was never really a part of, of what I did to train, uh, growing up. So it was usually basketball and practice, or then it became, uh, climbing or hiking. I remember seeing, I lived in, in Boulder, Colorado for many years, kind of the, the Mecca of all things endurance and, I remember seeing when I first moved there, this older gentleman trail running and he was probably in his, in his seventies. And I thought, why in the world would you do that? I mean, that just looks so painful. And it's just like, it's just a reminder in life to, to not judge when you see things that you aren't used to, because now I love trail running. And to your question um, was ran my longest race ever, my longest run ever last year, which was a 50 K here in Chattanooga, where I live called the stump jump. So it hasn't, that's why when you asked me when, in, in our conversation before this podcast, you said, so how did you become a runner? And it's always been something, that, you know, that, that label, I guess I resist labels in general, but the label has always been something I resisted. I think partly because um, I do it because I'm curious. I don't do it because it's anything I feel like I have to do. Which I think is a great way to be like anytime, at least in my opinion, like anytime you get to the point that you have to do something, then it's just you lose the fun of it. You lose the desire to do it. And I think it's a good way to be as far as like, you know, whatever it is for a person, but it needs to be fun and enjoyable rather than just like a chore. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now I know your training, your racing has not always been sunshine and roses. You had mm-hmm. dealt with a number of issues over the years. Um, but I loved from the story you shared with Trey, like I loved your mindset or at least how that shifted around that rehab process and everything. So I would just love you to dive into kind of your, this, like your injuries, kind of what that process was like recovery wise, rehab wise, um, you know, and you, you can expand on that as much as you want. Sure. Sure. I've actually up until probably up until the first marathon I ran, which again was probably about eight years ago. 
I, I used to gloat about being completely injury free, although I'll, I, you know, I had back pain as a uh, teenager and into my early twenties, but, but relatively injury free. And I, and I, again, I used to, used to kind of gloat about it and I ran that marathon and then I started having kind of some knee pain. I never say it's age ever, ever. So, so, so anytime anybody says, Oh, it's just bad knees or bad back. I always say, Nope, we've got to figure out how to, how to train. Uh, and I'm also a yoga instructor. So that's kind of part of my, part of my mentality. Um, and then come 2019, and this would be a, an episode for another time, but the the catalyst for my injury, that is, I was, I was with a bunch of girlfriends in the woods after an eight mile hike and decided during a Lizzo dance break to launch off of a picnic table. That's the podcast for the, for another time. But the result of that, of that event was breaking my tip fib and rupturing my deltoid tendon. So it was a very traumatic, intense injury that happened um, fall, October of 2019. So obviously that halted my running. I'd always had in the back of my mind, I would love to run the stump jump in Chattanooga. We moved here about five years ago and it's been this race that I've heard about. I've never run 50K and it had been in the back of my mind, but certainly after breaking my leg, I, I didn't think I would be able to do such a thing. And, and of course, if you've had a traumatic injury, you kind of go through this, it, it must be the amygdala, but you go through this kind of fight or flight and you think I'm never going to be able to walk again. I'm never going to be able to run again. I'm, I'm going to be a different person forever. And it's kind of that immediate you know, trauma response, I think. So the story that I shared with Trey is I was, I was injured, um, found out that I was to have surgery. And uh, I, I decided, well, I've, I've still got to move my body. I can still move the upper half of my body. I can still lift. I can still do this, this hand bike thing that I, that I have seen at the gym. And I can't remember whether it was right after surgery or even that week before. Um, it must have been right after. But anyway, so I go to the gym and I'm thinking, okay, some, somehow I've, I've, got to, I've got to keep my body in shape. I'll try this hand bike thing. And I go up to this machine and if you've ever seen it, it it's, it, and if you've never tried it, it's, it's kind of a little funny to, to learn. And I'm trying to figure it out. And a gentleman that worked at the gym comes over to help me. And he happens to be someone with, uh, he's a paraplegic. And he helps me with this hand bike and teaches me how to do it so I can get my cardio. Now, up until this point, I was kind of in this, this, I don't know, stress induced kind of woe is me mode. And when this man came over who has a permanent state of not being able to walk or run ever again in his life to help me recover from my temporary injury so I could get a workout that day, it was like a switch flipped. And it said to me, Susan, you're going to be okay. This is temporary. Do what you can do. Go day by day. You will recover from this. So, so I'd love to think about that story and just really use it as an anecdote and a metaphor for life that so much of we, what we experience is temporary and sometimes it's a nudge from some from someone else or a lesson, an external lesson that has to remind us um, that we can that we can get to the other side of it. So after that day, I continued to do whatever the PT group told me, and I had a wonderful surgeon and an amazing PT team. 
and an access to that, which I, which I shared on Trey's podca- podcast as well, which I think is a really important thing to acknowledge that I had access to this, this world-renowned healthcare. And I eventually, after being non-weight-bearing for two months, eventually started walking. And so that I started walking the end of December of 2019, or maybe beginning of January. Um, I ran for the first time, I mean, just tiny little strides, probably end of January, beginning of February, but was still on crutches, still had uh, a boot. Um, And then by June, I ran a 10 mile race, trail race in Chattanooga and cried at the end because I I couldn't believe that, oh my gosh, I, I had experienced this injury and look at me, I can, I can do this, my body can do this, my body can heal. And then by October, 11 months after surgery, I ran the stump jump 50K in seven and a half hours and crossed the finish line and cried again. <laughs> um, so I was just so proud and really just so humbled by, by what our bodies can do. And certainly I had so much support along the way. Definitely. I think it's important to point out, um, like, I see so many runners injured and it's like, all right, they're walking again and they want to be able to run five miles in four weeks. And they think it's like totally doable. I think it's important to point out, like it was January until June before you ran that 10 miles. And it was 11 months before you ran that longer distance. So it's like, it truly is a process that we need to be patient with. It's nothing that we can even like, okay, we can attempt to rush it, but that rushing it is usually going to be a detriment to, to ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I really did listen to the PTs. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty stubborn typically. And so with something else I might have said, I'm just going to push it. I'm going to do more than what they say, but, but I didn't, I held back. I will tell you though, on the other side of that race, my body said no after that. Um, So I really had to to rest and recover. Even a few months later, um, I was experiencing a lot of knee pain when I would try and run again. And I went back to my PT and he said, look, you had a traumatic injury and then you ran a 50K. He said, you're going to be okay. You've got to work on strength to get your knees. It's not a permanent thing. You've got to work on strength because all of the training I was doing, I really really lacked in strength training just because most of my time was dedicated to, to running said work on strength. And so I did. And so, so the knee pain started to subside. Um, and I started to run a little bit again. And then this is kind of, I, I, I remembered this, um, this morning actually, and I thought I'd share it with you that about two months ago. So, so I was able to run a bit again, but, but I haven't done a race since that 50 K. Um, but two months ago, I got a calf injury, just random. I don't even know to this day. I don't even know what it was but I always try and I, I try, I'm not great at it. I always try and listen to my body when it, when it says stop, I try and stop again. I'm not great at it, but I couldn't run. I couldn't even run a mile. So I went back down to zero again and I worked on strength. I worked on rest, worked on yoga. And about eight weeks ago, I said, okay, I'm feeling good. My body feels like it's back. Um, I'm going to add one mile to my long run every single week from here until, until mid-July. And so I started at five miles for my long run. So one, one long run each week, five miles was my long run. 
went to six, went to seven, went to eight. I actually skipped nine, got to 10, got to 11. I was going to get to 12 miles. That was my goal. And this was just this past weekend. I was supposed to be at 12 miles. And do you know what happened? I was going to run Saturday morning. Do you know what happened on Friday? What? I got a rash on the entire upper half of my body. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I don't know what it was from, but I just think it is the most brilliant thing. Again, being curious about our bodies that I was supposed to meet this goal of mine, this 12 mile goal. I'm back in the, you know, back in the race, so to speak on Saturday and Friday, I just got this rash on my, on my chest. So I didn't run. And here I am. And you have no clue what happened. It was there. No, and it's gone. It's fine. I'm okay. (laughs) But I just think, I just think we have to listen to what our body tells us. And and I'm, I, I say that I'm not great at it, but I think it is such an important part of really everything we do, but especially when we are athletic and when we're trying to, to improve our, our athletic endurance. And it is such a hard thing. Like I'm the same way. I, it's like, I can tell someone all day, like back off, rest, do this. But then when it's myself, it's so hard to back off because we have these goals and we have things we want to do. And, um, and I'm like you, it's like, I do my best to, I definitely slip up at times, but yeah, it's just so hard to accept the fact that like, okay, maybe I need to back down a couple days or a week or, you know, whatever that time frame is and let this, whatever it is, calm down. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because anything we do can put us over whatever that line is where it becomes not, not a healthy thing anymore. Yeah, definitely. For you, like mindset wise, when you do have to admit that fact and back down, like what's like, is there a process you go through to kind of get you in a better mental place to kind of accept that fact? Hmm. I don't know that there's a process, but the first thing that comes to mind that I do, which I just did when you asked that question is I I like to get quiet. Uh, For me, there's a lot of, there are a lot of answers in meditation and breathing and yoga and writing even. So, um, and even, even walking. So often, often I'll walk this morning, for example, I, I wasn't feeling up for a run. So I went for a walk instead of running. And then I realized, oh, this still feels really good to my body. Oh, I'm still moving. Um, so I think things, yeah, not a specific process, but I think just utilizing my, my bag of slow tricks, so to speak, that, that enable me to, to slow down. Yeah. And I think you kind of nailed it there that the reminder for everyone that like, just because you can't run doesn't mean you have to stop. And this goes back to your other training, you know, when you were fully injured too, it's like, you can still like you do your yoga, you go for a walk. Like there's still so many other things we can do around Mm -hmm. that injury that we can still be active, still move our bodies without Mm -hmm. running and without losing that full conditioning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Let's take a quick break to talk about power insole. When I first heard about this product, I was automatically turned off because of the name. I thought it helped support the foot, which was a huge no for me. I quickly found out I was wrong. 
Power Insole is a two by two gel pad that goes inside your shoe that works on your body's cells to help improve your recovery and your performance. I've been testing this out for a couple weeks now and really am amazed by the results. Like my body just feels better. My legs don't feel as heavy. And one really cool thing is you can put it on an area that's maybe injured or just achy and that pain and stiffness goes away quickly, or at least it did for me, which I thought was awesome. If you are looking for just a simple, easy way that you can enhance your recovery and your performance, I really encourage you to check out Power Insole and give it a test ride for yourself. You can find more information about them and pick up one for yourself at getyourfixpt.com slash powerinsole. And if you use code getyourfix at checkout, you can save 10%. You can also go to my partner's page, getyourfixpt slash partners, and find the link directly to Power Insole as well as all my other partners. And now let's get back to the show. I want to go back a little bit to the knee pain you were getting and being told that you were, that you had to strengthen, um, just because it's such, it's starting to get more known now that like we need to strength train as runners, especially once you're getting to those ultra distances, but even as a runner in general, we need to be strengthening. What sort of things did your PT have you do, or did you start doing in order to, um, start addressing the knee issues? Yeah. So he, my, my PT set me up with some very specific exercises, a lot of, a lot of one legged, um, focus. So one legged squats and lunges and things like that. And the, the beauty of it is that, so the, the yoga that I teach, it's, it's called bow spring. It's called the bow spring method. And it's a, it's really an alignment system for the body and the whole, the whole, um, system is about, is about finding, um, engaging muscles before you stretch, finding the, the kind of hydrology of the body, really focusing on circumferential strength uh, as, you're, as you're moving. So it's really less yoga and more alignment. And so the beauty of what my PT was, was sharing with me is that it also aligned with my, my practice of, of, of yoga, let's say. And so a lot of the exercises, and, and as we know, to strengthen joints, you have to strengthen the muscles that surround the joints. And so he was having me do just that. So really focusing on quads and hamstrings, um, calves, glutes. And so getting that circumferential um, muscle strength to then cushion the joints and cushion my knees. And it, and it was, it was brilliant. It worked really well. Uh, and it's so funny because again, I feel like I, I had a lot of that knowledge, but me, sometimes I need somebody else to tell me and then I'll do it. And then I'll say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> and, but it seemed, it seemed counterintuitive. And even still, when I say it with people that aren't runners to say, I lost strength because I was spending so much time just running and not strength training. They'll say, well, doesn't running strengthen your legs? Well, yes, but it's not the, it's, you're not getting the muscle strength that you need to really protect your joints and keep you safe. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's a misperception for a lot of people is they do think that runners just naturally have strong legs because like running does that, but it doesn't. <laughs> obviously. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, it makes you a strong person and certainly strong endurance. And of course, depending on the kind of running you're doing, but, um, but yeah, you've, you've really got to, again, build that, this, the circumference, circumferential strength of your body, um, to support whatever it is you're doing. Definitely. I'm curious after, as you started explaining the type of yoga you do, I would love for you to talk more about that. Cause I've never heard of this method before, but I absolutely like love the way it sounds as far as activating prior to stretching. Mm-hmm. So the bowspring method was created by Desi Springer and John Friend in, in Denver. And I was fortunate to be a yoga teacher in Denver in their studio at the time. And so I was really um, part of the beginning of, of this practice. Um, it's an evolution, I'd say, from from Bikram and Anusara. And really, I think at one point they even took the word yoga off the studio because it really became something that the yoga community started to resist because it was so different. And, um, and, and so it became more of an alignment system and it's practiced all over the world. The, and I could take you through kind of the intricacies of the, the alignment system, but really as an athlete, it resonated with me so much because if you imagine, so growing up as a, as a basketball player, I picture, I picture being in a defensive position or a triple threat position. And, and if you look at any, any athletic endeavor, whether you're taking off from the blocks as a sprinter, or you're about to you know, make a move as a football player or, or charging up the hill as a trail runner, you're kind of in this stance where your knees are bent, your butt's back, your, your spine keeps the natural curves that, that are supposed to be there. So you've got this uh, lordotic curve in the, in the lower, lower back. You've got a little bit of a kyphotic curve in the thoracic. Uh, and, and again, you've got the natural curves of the spine. So what the alignment system does is it strengthens the muscles so that you keep the natural structure of, of your body as it's, as it's designed to be. And then you notice, and, and even in the, the bowspring classes, I, I remember when I was in the studio in Denver, sometimes we'd be skipping around the studio um, because you notice that your body becomes more buoyant and more light um, because, of, because of focusing on how your body, again, is designed to be. It's not designed to be a compressive structure. It's, de- it's designed to be a, a fluid, buoyant buoyant structure. And so the practice really reinforces that. Very cool. I'm going to have to look into that. I'm fascinated. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to share it with you. uh, (laughs) The website for Bowspring is globalbowspring.com. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to look into that. That'd be cool. Yeah. And I I do, I do lessons sometimes one-on-one lessons too. Okay. I may have to hit you up for that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Um, just kind of thinking about your experience, especially going through like after the fracture and that whole period of time, like what advice can you kind of give people who are like in this place as far as like can't run right now because of an injury, you know, regardless if it's traumatic or they have no clue why it's there. Um, but can't run right now are really struggling, really mentally frustrated. Um, what, yeah, just what advice can you give them? Listen, that's, that's it. Listen to what your body needs. And that can be really frustrating for somebody that's like, yeah, but I just want the answer. Give me a one, two, three ABC and a training plan. Um, but ultimately 
we are the only ones, we meaning the, the, the person in our body are the only ones that have the answers. We can, we can seek external expertise as much as we want. And sure, that can be part of the, the, the healing game. But I really believe that our bodies know what they need. I, I often think that illness and injury are our body's way of telling us to chill out for a minute. And, and maybe we've been covering up something that we need to process in our lives and uh, with, with excessive training and so on. So, so my advice is, is to listen. And I know that can be really, really hard. Get quiet, listen, ask yourself what you need. When, when I was injured, it was, uh, again, fall of 2019. Um, and it was amidst a really crazy time in life for, for myriad reasons. And then January, no, rather March came and, and everything shut down. And so, so that added this other layer. Um, anyway, I just think injuries sometimes, there, there's, there's signals. They're symbols for what we need to do. I agree with that 100%. I don't know if I, I don't think I shared it with you. Um, I had a major foot injury last summer and like, I, after thinking about like, it's just one of those things like the universe, God, whatever you want to say was just like telling me to slow down and shut down for a while. Cause I remember specifically when I, like when I would have injured it, but I didn't have pain for another three weeks. And I was still training hard. I was still doing my uh -huh. thing. And then all of a sudden, three weeks later, I was like, you're not walking anymore. Like, you're uh -huh. Uh -huh. and eight weeks in a boot and three cycles of PRP later. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just as I was reflecting on it afterwards, like I was just like, it was time for me to slow down and do something different with my life for a period of time. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And when a when many other things are happening in life, you know, like the pandemic happening during an injury, it's like the injury becomes almost insignificant, you know, because because you have to focus on other things. And in a way, I almost think not that I would ever wish it upon the world ever again, but in a way, I think the pandemic part of part of the reason behind that was, hey, everybody, you got to slow down. Yeah, you, know, you got to take a little time. Um, so yeah, I think I think there are there are signals, signals in our injuries. Yeah, absolutely. Although I still will say the, um, being stuck in a boot when you can't get out on the trails and everything shut, everything indoors is shut down, <laughs> made a very boring life in my apartment for eight weeks. Yes. Yes. I get it. I was fortunate that my my husband could throw me on his back and bring me places <laughs> because we actually, the house that we lived in when I, when I broke my leg, we had probably eight steps leading up to the house. Um, so I, you know, if I wasn't on my butt scooting myself down, I needed, I needed somebody, it was my right foot too. So I couldn't drive. Um, so I needed somebody to, to help out. And he was a, he was a superstar. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. We'll start closing it out, Susan. If someone just has like wants to talk to you because they're dealing with issues and just need to talk to someone who knows who's been through it, how can people find you? And also just if you want to, feel free to talk about your business because I think it's pretty awesome with just the travel aspect that you do. And um, I think like feel free to share that too. Sure. Thank you. So 
Yeah, I, I actually have two businesses. One is a travel company and it's called Away to Be. So A-W-A-Y, the number two and be.com is the website. And I guide or plan meaningful travel experiences for people all around the world. And now that we can do it again, uh, people are welcome to contact me either through the website or Susan at awaytobe.com. And then I also have a consulting and coaching business. So I work with individuals in kind of a life coaching format. I also work with schools and companies, helping them transition out of the pandemic right now and, and focus on whatever it is that they need to focus on to transition smoothly and create a plan that's going to work into the future. So that's susankaylambert.com and my email there is susan at susankaylambert.com. So pretty simple and would love to chat with any guests that are or, or listeners that are listening to this podcast and happy to offer a discount to them as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, absolutely. Good deal. Well, Susan, thank you so much for talking today. It's been a pleasure just hearing your story and just hearing your advice on all things injury recovery and all that fun stuff. Well, thank you for having me and thanks for having these conversations. I was I was doing a little prep work before before the interview and was listening to a few of the podcasts and got some great information from your other guests. So I'm happy to continue listening and sharing the word. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. And before I close out, I have two questions for you. Do you feel like you're in a plateau with your progress? Or do you feel like you're stuck in an injury cycle? Both of these issues are very common and both of them can be fixed very easily. Most often, both of these issues come down to how you're training or more importantly, what's missing in your training. By figuring out what's missing and adding that in, your training performance will improve, your racing performance will improve, and your injury cycle will break. I invite you to get on a free 30-minute consultation call with me to discuss what's going on with you, your life, your training, so we can really figure out what needs to be done to improve that. So head over to bit.ly bit.ly slash ask the OCR doc to book a free call with me. Thank you again for listening today. I greatly appreciate it. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And until next time, let's go out and be highly functional.